Welcome to Be Happy, a podcast to help individuals living with hepatitis B by discussing various topics related to hepatitis B. It's your host Evangeline from the Hepatitis B Foundation, and I'm joined today with Dr. Robert Gish from the Hepatitis B Foundation's Scientific Advisory Board and Board of Directors. We will discuss the COVID-19 vaccine in the context of individuals living with hepatitis B. Welcome, Dr. Gish. We are so excited you're here with us today. Please introduce yourself. Hello, my name is Dr. Robert Gish. I'm a hepatologist. I'm based in San Diego. I'm the medical director of the Hepatitis B Foundation. I work for a number of other advocacy groups around viral hepatitis, especially hepatitis B and Delta. And I also take care of patients throughout California and Nevada and throughout the world. Great, thank you. Um, I wanted to start off with some general questions today about the COVID-19 vaccine. So how do you receive your COVID-19 vaccine and what was your experience? So I've received two doses of the Moderna vaccine. Uh, the experience was good. Uh, the injection process, the uh, first one was at Loma Linda. The second one took place in San Diego at La Maestra, an FQHC. Uh, very well organized, both settings, very safe, uh, being monitored for 30 minutes after the injection, of course. Uh, minimal side effects right away, but over the next 36 to 48 hours, I had some local pain at the injection site and some muscle pain and fatigue, but pretty minor, no fever, uh, no other severe reactions. And I'm happy and blessed to have received this gift. Yeah, it sounds like you had a relatively positive experience. I just wanted to discuss what an mRNA vaccine is. Uh, what does that mean and how do these vaccines work? So this is a new form of vaccine in terms of being used in humans, but it's been around for uh, you know, 20 years probably or more technologically. And in our bodies, we have DNA as a major code. And then when you're gonna make a information transmission in your cells somewhere, uh, that goes through an RNA intermediate and then it goes to protein and then the protein does a lot of the work. So uh, messenger RNA, uh, ribonucleic acid sequences are very part of delivering messages. And in this technology, it's injected into one's body and it's wrapped in this lipid or kind of fatty material. That fatty material protects the RNA, helps with delivery of the RNA throughout the body, and it acts as an adjuvant, something to help stimulate or boost the immune system around the response. So the RNA then goes into cells, starts making protein, specifically the protein for the spike protein, which is what we need to neutralize. Uh, it's an incredible technology, and we're so happy that this got through research instead of seven years on average for a vaccine in just a matter of months. So mRNA vaccines, a more simpler term, is a new type of vaccine that protects us against infectious disease, and in this case, covid so usually most vaccines put a weakened or inactive germ into our bodies. Um, this is not the case for mRNA vaccines. Instead, they teach our cells how to make a protein or just a little piece of a protein that triggers an immune response inside of our bodies. That immune response produces antibodies, which are a blood protein that protects us from getting infected if the real virus enters our bodies. And could you explain the side effects and the safety of the vaccine? 
I know a lot of people out there are worried about all of that. Well, many of us look at side effects of this vaccine to be part of the blessing. Because when you have side effects, that means your immune system is responding to the messages that the mRNA uh, vaccine is supplying. So many of us say, okay, more side effects means better immune response. Safety-wise, the vaccine looks incredibly safe in terms of some type of severe anaphylactic or allergic reaction. It's just in the few per million doses. And in terms of you know, potentially dying from the vaccine, there's just been a few cases in the world that might be connected to that. There's been no long-term effects of the vaccine that have been identified. It's possible that we'll see that. But you know how the vaccine world is. It's risk and benefit or benefit over risk. And the benefit of the vaccine to me is 1,000 to 10,000 times more than a potential risk. Minor side effects, we, all, we can all manage that. Major side effects, minuscule. So really, we need to get 85, 90% of our population vaccinated. The ideal if it was 100. And then we can have this herd immunity and protect the world and keep ourselves rebuilding our wonderful country. Great, thank you. That was super insightful. I know it'll be very helpful for people listening. And now I wanna transition into talking about the COVID vaccine and people living with hepatitis B. So my first question for you is, if an individual with hep- uh, who has hepatitis B um, and contracts COVID, does that put them at a greater risk for negative health outcomes? Fantastic question. And as you know, hepatitis B is a spectrum. It's a whole range of different levels of disease. In some patients, the virus is nearly silent. Uh, The liver disease is minimal. And those individuals, the COVID infection would be about the same as anybody else. But if you have hepatitis B, you've got progressive liver disease, advanced liver disease, what we call cirrhosis, the scarring of the liver, suddenly getting infected starts increasing the risk of other problems, including worsening liver disease. We know the coronavirus actually gets into the liver, causes damage in the liver, either to the liver cells or what's called the bile ducts or biliary cells where it attaches. Uh, And then if people have cirrhosis with decompensation, the liver's not working normally, or liver cancer, they're even at higher risk of having a more severe form of the coronavirus infection. Oh, that's very interesting. I did not know that. Um, My second question for you is, of vaccines that have received the emergency authorization in the United States, can you tell if they are safe for people living with chronic hepatitis B? And could you explain um, the Emergency Act briefly? Sure. So, Yes, they're safe for patients with chronic hepatitis B. Even if somebody has cirrhosis, the vaccine's probably even more important. If the person has hepatitis B and decompensated disease, let's say they're on a transplant list, that needs to be individualized. But in general, I'm going to say it's advised and safe. So this vaccine is incredibly safe. This technology that we have now been delivered to the community is, is fantastic. And as you know, one dose gives 65 to 85% protection. So that's really great. So one dose a lot, the second dose gives you this incredible boost up to the 95% range. People with cirrhosis might have a slightly lower level of protection, 
But any level of protection is better than no protection, which is what people are all starting out with. So EUA, the Emergency Youth Authorization, is a special rapid pathway forward by the FDA for both tests and for treatments. And this allows on quite thorough information, a fast response when there is a community uh, need. And that's what there is. This is a highly fatal disease, two to 6%, depending on what country you look at, uh, die with this infection. Another 20% get really severe disease. And we know those people with severe disease often have effects that last from months to years. No, this, this vaccine benefit far outweighs any potential or theoretical risk. And the FDA uses the EUA to get these wonderful technologies through the system faster. Companies still have to put in a more formal application. EUA might be, I'm, I'm being arbitrary here, 100 pages. And then when they have to put in a real application, not a real application, but a formal standard application that might be three or four or 500 pages. And they'll have more safety information. So these vaccines, I'm sure, will eventually be approved by the FDA. That's amazing. Um, and I was wondering, do you have any data from the COVID-19 vaccines that are not currently being used in the United States? We um, have listeners from around the world who would want to know which COVID-19 vaccines are safe for them. So I have very limited information. I'm gonna list a couple of the vaccines I've heard about. There's two from China. Uh, one from Russia that are being used. Uh, India also has some vaccines that are being released and utilized, but we don't have access to the safety data on those. The US FDA is incredibly transparent. We're not seeing that same level of transparency from other countries. So um, I always say, you know, you know, our wonderful president took the dose, he took the vaccine, our previous one didn't. Um, the president of Russia has not taken his own vaccine from his own country. So I think uh, there's some messages there. So uh, when leaders, you know, wear a mask and get a vaccine, we can wear masks, we can be vaccinated. Yeah, that is so true with political will and um, vaccinations. So are, are people living um, with hepatitis B being prioritized for vaccine rollout? This is obviously among U.S.-based people with the CDC you know, recommendations. Yeah, so people with chronic diseases are part of that. Um, diabetes, high weight, high body mass index are you know two of the, the levels of um, you know advising vaccine or getting access to vaccine. But yes, some types that would have to be directed to one of the plasma centers. They would measure the antibody level. And actually there's a commercial assay available in the US that measures antibody to the spike protein and has a titer that's uh, been approved uh, by an EUA as a diagnostic. I'm getting that test actually done the next few days whenever I can get in my car and get to a Quest lab. So uh, the plasma centers make that determination. They really want people with super high titer so it's more efficient to remove blood and plasma and get the red blood cells back uh, to the patient. Great, thank you for that answer. Um, and then my last question for you today is, is there anything you would want someone living with hepatitis B to know about the vaccine? I think the message for patients with chronic hepatitis B is to work with your local provider, 
primary care, hepatologist, infectious disease, uh, physician, and um, we have nurse practitioners that are very involved, PAs. So message one is work with your team. Uh, this vaccine benefit for you as an individual far outweighs any risk, real risk or theoretical risk. And by protecting yourself, you're actually protecting other people. Of course, we want people to wear you know, masks, socially distance uh, until we can change where our society fits. But the vaccine fits in with the general care of the individual and the community. That's a great answer. Thank you so much for joining me today and answering all these questions. Um, that's it for me. If you wanted to add anything else, you're more than welcome to. But I appreciate being here. The Hepatitis B Foundation is fantastic. Your work is excellent. Uh, we are going to work together to keep spreading the word about liver health. Great. Um, have a great rest of your day. Thank you for joining us today. Stay tuned for next episode where I will discuss the history of the Hepatitis B Foundation as it is our 30th anniversary this year. And we will go over what Hepatitis B is. If you have any further questions, please email info at hepb.org. And I'll see you next time. Bye.